this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today are JJ Ty and Marnetta Malcolm. They joined Bell Ringer to talk about the Ralph C. Wilson Centennial Park project here in downtown Buffalo, formerly LaSalle Park that's being completely redeveloped from the Ralph Wilson Foundation uh, in partnership with the city of Buffalo and many other partners around the community. We talk about the 100-acre park plans for it, connectivity to the neighborhood, why make this investment here in Buffalo and a mirrored investment in Detroit, and talk more broadly about the livability and quality of life here in Buffalo. Great episode. Thanks so much for listening and to our guests for their time. Good morning. I'm JJ Ty, Director of Parks and Trails for the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation, and I manage um, the, the Wilson Foundation's investments in parks and trails uh, in Western New York and in Southeast Michigan. Um, my name is Marnetta Malcolm. I am the Vice President of the Ralph Wilson Conservancy Board, but I'm also the President of the Buffalo Funk Fest which is a tribute concert to Rick James that we were given at um, the park every year. So, and I'm happy to be here and thank you for inviting us. So Marnetta, you're, you know, like you just mentioned, um, already hosting events at the park and obviously I'm sure frequent it often, but for, for those that maybe are listening and don't go to the park often or aren't from Buffalo, tell us just a bit about even currently as it stands, the, the scope and size of the park, you know, how it's positioned on the water. So people get an idea, um, you know, for the conversation we're about to have. So the park, if you're from Buffalo, you know that we grew up calling it uh, the waterfront. We never called it anything except for the water. It didn't even have a name, I think, growing up. It was just called the waterfront. Um, it's right at the end of Lake Erie in the beginning of the Niagara River. It's always been a very beautiful park, but I think underserved. Um, there, you could have uh, cookouts, picnics, um, a lot of sporting activity there. And then when they built the amphitheater, um, it was used initially, um, the amphitheater, they were giving concerts and then that kind of stopped. Um, I think it picked up a little bit more when we started using it, but um, it, was a, it was a beautiful park, but underserved. Um, and in many, and it's a big park and it borders uh, the, the, the Niagara Thruway, but across that pedestrian bridge is a, um, a neighborhood. Um, and actually the park at the end of the park, it is actually some of the people that live in the park is their, their backyard. So right. it's a beautiful park, but just um, underserved, underused, but for the people that live in that community, and I want to say a lot of Buffalonians, it's our park. You know, we feel right. like it's ours. Right. And JJ, I mean, that's kind of a perfect segue to the question I was going to ask you coming from the Wilson Foundation. I wanted to back up and talk about the decision mm -hmm. to make an investment in the park. You know, I'm, I'm sure that it being underserved or underutilized is a piece of that, as Marnetta was just talking about. But take me through the process of... <sighs> you know, considering this project and then making an investment here in Buffalo and also in Detroit as well. Sure. I think this, um, you know, it's obviously a great opportunity to be able to support the community in this way. I think where this, where this all started was a, a discussion amongst our trustees on, on how to recognize Mr. Wilson on what would have been his 100th birthday. Um, he was a very active individual and obviously love, you know, love Buffalo 
uh, and his, his blood Buffalo Bills and um, and then his hometown, you know, in Detroit. So this was a way to to celebrate um, his 100th, um, celebrate the community and really make a meaningful investment in that community. And, and we, we really believe that this is going to have, you know, a, an opportunity to increase recreational opportunities. But it also is very meaningful for the residents that live around the park, uh, improving that, the quality of life of residents and visitors alike, um, the economic development kind of improvements, and then what it can mean for the environment as well and the shoreline resilience in both of these parks. So there's a lot of similarities between the two parks in both Buffalo and Detroit, uh, but it really is a way to celebrate, um, celebrate Mr. Wilson and uh, also uh, really have a meaningful investment in the community in, in so many different ways. And <clears throat> through our work at Invest Buffalo Niagara and being Buffalo, we're working to attract new companies and people to, to work and live here in Buffalo. Uh, you started to hint at it, but you know when we think of placemaking and uh, green infrastructure, green space investments, what impact do you think that has on the desirability of a, of a city or place and the quality of life, quality of place, you know, for outsiders choosing it or the people that already live here? Sure. Um, I'm an outsider to Buffalo and I've fallen in love with Buffalo and it's because of their, because of the public spaces. Buffalo was designed as a, you know, a, a city within a park with the, the Olmstead philosophy. And I think some of these, some of the spaces in the city of Buffalo, um, you know, like the like the Ralph Wilson Park that we're talking about, there's an opportunity to to do more, and I and I do think um, that it does have a profound impact as folks that visit the the city, you know, have places to 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 take their families to spend time, and then when they live there, they spend more time, and I think the quality of life component to all of this is is extremely important. And as the, the bar kind of get raises by the city of Buffalo and with partners like everybody that's involved in Centennial Park, uh, those, those spaces are improved. And it just improves that ability to attract folks to live in the city of Buffalo and to retain those that, that currently live there and just make it, um, you know, just raising the bar on the quality of life that, that those that, that have lived there their entire lives. And. Marnetta, talk a little bit about the the timing of this investment. I think a lot of our audience understands the resurgence that Buffalo is undergoing, and there's a lot of momentum here in the city of Buffalo and you know greater eight county region. But to have this large investment um, at such a critical time, you know, how does it feel for someone like you, who's obviously very involved in the community and the park, to have to kind of add to that momentum and and keep growing what everyone on the ground is feeling. Well, so I'm going to back up a little bit because we started off as a focus group with the Madge and LaSalle. So that focus group was um, designed with the people that used the park and some community leaders as well. And we were able to visit um, three different cities. My city was Cincinnati to see how their park system worked and, and then imagined with the, how that would work in Buffalo. So when we started out four years ago, we didn't have a clue that this was going to end up being uh, a, a park design or anything. I just thought they were trying to give us ideas actually um, to work in other cities. I didn't even think it was going to be for Buffalo at all. So to our surprise, because they didn't tell us, 
until I think maybe the last minute that they were going to invest $50 million, which for all of us, $50 million was a lot. For us that don't any, know anything about parks designs and what it could be, um, $50 million we thought would have been enough. But as we got into the design process and the community building, it ended up being double that plus, you know. So for me, this is a huge investment. Um, again, I'm from Buffalo. I've seen uh, projects come and then disappear <laughs> and then air. But to see this and to be part of the groundbreaking and, and what I believe is a real resurgence in Buffalo is just incredible. And I'm honored, beyond honored, to be a part of it. And I am looking forward to it. Um, you know, that park to me, I think is going to be like one of the, the jewels of the city. Um, and I'm looking forward to it and seeing what, if someone else can do, see what we've done, maybe that can be modeled in other parts of the city. It should, actually. I'm it glad should you create partnerships. <laughs> right. I'm glad you brought up that that travel and your visit to Cincinnati. I was actually going to mention, um, I think there was a, a video that you all had created after those visits. And um, Jamil Cruz is a friend of Invest Buffalo Niagara and, and being Buffalo. I think he might have went to Chicago or he was in the video on some of the visits. So I've talked to him about this before. But, you know, when you were looking in those other cities and it, it sounds like you maybe didn't even know what the end goal at the time was, but what are there any trends that you see in in other park designs or updates or, you know, where is like the the future of this kind of park design headed to you? And then JJ, I'll pose the same question to you after. But was there any like lessons learned or trends that you wanted to bring to Buffalo? What Buffalo? It, so the I went to Cincinnati, which their park was like on the rivers, and they had park system throughout the whole. They had the small urban, they had incredible greenhouses, really big, beautiful forest type of parks. But what you saw in each park that you attended was Cincinnati. The people cared about it. Their names were stamped on it in some kind of way, or you knew it was uniquely their park. Um, we feel that way about Buffalo Parks, but we don't necessarily see it anywhere. You know, we're in the park, but you know, you know, Delaware Park is Delaware Park, you know, Front Park, but you don't see anything that kind of identifies you there. You know, when I was going to those park systems, we were seeing um, names of sponsors or just people um, that sponsored things all over the park. So they felt like it was their park and, and it was just, even if it was something small, if it was something small, they would take care of it. I think that they knew that and they used that throughout their park system. And, and, and you know, even they even made a joke in Cincinnati, I guess there was a big flood. So they were like, hey, maybe in the future, they were, you know, <laughs> they did something to even make fun of themselves. So, you know, I thought it was important and it was important and they did it over and over and over again with this park design, having meetings with the community. The park's design changed. And I was telling the people at the groundbreaking, you're talking to a lot of the adults. I need you to go like three feet lower and talk to some of these kids because they were just as instrumental as anyone else in designing this park because they saw it differently. And so they did. Yeah. And and JJ, I want to ask you a similar question. And 
<clears throat> before we even hit record, I know you mentioned you were traveling, so I'm sure you're, you know, in other parks or at least studying design options across the country. You know, what kind of trends do you see and, and your reaction to Marnetta's comments as well? Yeah, I think Marnetta's points are are spot on. I think the that a community makes a park and every park is different. And I think the most important element as you look at design of parks is the collaboration and the ability to listen. And what I mean by listen is listening to what the community actually desires in that park because and ensure that they're part of that that creation of the design. Because I truly believe if if you take ownership and you you're part of that process, um, there's there's this desire to to maintain it and make sure it stays the way it was built. Um, you know, once it's ultimately done. And you know, I I'm, I was in Boston this week and I got a chance to visit um, the Martin Richard Park. It was for a nine year old uh, boy that was that was killed in the in the marathon bombing. And, you know, his, his parents and that community were involved in making that one acre park. And there's trees that memorialize the, the, the victims of that, of that bombing. And it, it just, you can feel it when you're there and it's, it's part of that community. You know, my hope, um, and I think the hope of the whole Imagine LaSalle team is that, that the design team was able to capture what the community around that park in Buffalo and the, the residents of Buffalo want in Ralph Wilson Park on the waterfront. And I think delivering on that expectation is, is really important to all of us that are involved in the, you know, kind of bringing it, uh, you know, bringing it forward and making sure that it gets built that way. You know, it's, it's interesting as we started that process that, that Marnetta outlined, we started looking at like a 30 or 40 acre portion of the park and then you listen to the residents and other community members and you start to to see what they what their what the desires were and what the design could be and then then you ask questions well what if you could make it easier to get to the park and then you have the bridge component because there was safety concerns and there was you know ada accessibility you know concerns and then well how do you protect the park because of the sage effects and because of climate change and the, the rise in water le levels. And it, it created this dialogue with the city about protecting the park and, 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 uh, and fixing the seawall. So it's kind of meandered to get to the ultimate design because there was a willingness to listen. And I think that's incredibly important. And Marnetta, you had mentioned the pedestrian bridge earlier and, and you know, your first comments kind of level setting the discussion, talking about accessibility for the community and really all Buffalonians. Um, tell me a bit about how you ensure the accessibility and connectivity. What were some of the thought put into that? And I'm sure those neighborhood focus groups were obviously a big part of it, but how do you make sure that the community feels connected to the park? So this is, and I, I don't think it was mentioned at all and the, the groundbreaking. The groundbreaking did not, and I don't think we even mentioned that there's going to be a park on the other side of the of that bridge. Like the first phase of building that park is going to be a park on the opposite side, on the fourth street side, that will lead right into the south. Before they even get to the south park, they'll have their own park. You know, um, and that was an important part that I think that we kind of missed 
in the groundbreaking. And, and, and I think the people in the neighborhood know they're excited about it, actually. Um, but I don't think the I don't think we mentioned it enough because I think at the groundbreaking, I had to keep showing people, people, hey, look, what's, look, 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 look how we're connecting the community. We're building them a whole new park over there. They'll have access to some things that they haven't. Um, they were also worried about the economic um, impact for them as well. That part is getting worked out with them over as well. In addition to the park, um, there was a, a gentleman that mentioned uh, the Hispanic Council doing something. Every time someone sees something new that's happening, they want to be involved. And I think having the groundbreaking is one thing, but I think it'll the, the interest will get greater as things start getting um, built. You know, and we've talked all about it, but you know, I'm I'm excited um, and encouraged that development and them knowing that it's going to be developed and them knowing that they're um, not being because the main thing about the people in that area was that the change to them meant change away from them. So we wanted to make sure that that was not going to happen and that they're staying involved. And by the way. Um, we're encouraging people, we have the focus group, we want to have a whole separate entity of people, community leaders and members that stay engaged with us, with the conservancy, because that's going to be important. JJ, you had mentioned um, building for resiliency against climate change and, um, you know, the seawall against potential rising sea levels. As time goes on, we've actually been having a lot of conversations about Buffalo as a climate change refuge because of cooler temperatures, um, you know, access to fresh water. And some of it is kind of the green space that's around in Buffalo. I think people that aren't from Buffalo don't think of us that way because of, you know, whether it's the the blizzards that make the national news or they don't even think of us as a, a city on the water. But to you, what what role does just like green space play in the future of how our climate will change and, and the globe, you know, may warm? Well, I think the discussion around a climate refuge uh, city is really important. I mean, Buffalo is, you know, one, it's a beautiful city and it's got tremendous green space uh, throughout. Um, I think the the waterfront is a little bit forgotten. Hey, there's there's a shoreline right there and it's on Lake Erie, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, that said, with rising water levels um, and some of the seiche effects and storm events, they're significant. And I think preparing uh, and, and preparing the community for that um, and, and taking care of some of those challenges now will, will just enhance Buffalo's ability to be that climate refuge city. Um, there's an interesting separate exercise from the park that the Buffalo Niagara Waterkeeper is leading. Uh, we provided um, grant funding to them uh, to work with the city of Buffalo and other partners uh, to do a coastal resilience study for all 16 miles of the Lake Erie shoreline that are within the city of Buffalo city limits and to understand where those opportunities and where some of those challenges are uh, and build that kind of you know, informed uh, plan as to how to address some of those challenges. So I want to end um, zooming in on the park a little bit and talk about some of the exciting things that are actually going to happen. So, um, you know, Marnetta mentioned the the park on the other side of the thruway on the 4th Street side, 
we talked a little bit about the pedestrian bridge, but JJ, tell us about, you know, how the park will actually change for its users. What can people expect when this is all done? So the park will be almost almost 100 acres, right? And Marnetta has discussed the connection and the, the piece that'll be really the front door to the park with 4th Street Park um, and improving that. But I think the most important piece um, that I think is very relevant right now is the creation of the partnership uh, with the city of Buffalo for the Ralph Wilson Park Conservancy to operate, maintain, uh, and program the park. You're going to have a you know a beautiful new park with uh, you know one of the most amazing playgrounds in North America, um, a new bridge to access it, and a resilient shoreline. But all of that uh, really doesn't matter if it's not maintained uh, and doesn't meet the expectation of the community to make sure the basics are done, the garbage is picked up, the trash is cut, the trees are pruned, all of those things, and then to have very um, relevant programming for its users. So I think that the creation of the conservancy, the the agreement that's been put in place between the city and the conservancy and the current executive director search to build out that organization to meet those uh, expectations of the community and to really to let the park achieve uh, the highest level of success that you know it can and really become what it wants to become, I think is incredibly important and, and a piece that I'm very excited about. Well, thank you so much both of you for your time and, and work on this project. It's obviously really incredible for the city of Buffalo, and it's great to be able to tell the story to some of our listeners. Before I let you go, we always end on a couple hard-hitting blizzard round questions. So Marnetta, <laughs> I'll pose the question to you. You can answer, JJ will answer, and then we'll go back to me um, pretty quick here. So if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? I'm every woman. Neapolitan. <laughs> Good choice. JJ, how about you? I go to my old standby. I love Oreo cookie ice cream. Okay. Marnetta, what's a book or TV show that you would recommend? My favorite book that I've ever read was Roots. Wow. These are hard hitting. I haven't had enough coffee yet to, to answer that one. Um, <laughs> I, I, one relevant one that I guess I watch right now and I just took a, a, a vacation out there is Yellowstone. A uh, couple faster ones here. Uh, do you prefer a text or a phone call? Neither. <laughs> Come over if it's important. <laughs> I like it. JJ, how about you? I'll take either if it comes from Marnetta. <laughs> <laughs> And um, a, a good question, you know, since we're talking about the park, uh, Marnetta, do you prefer hiking or skiing? Hiking. JJ? Hiking. Yep. Um, we might know this answer because of the uh, ties to the Ralph Wilson family, but um, do you prefer the Bills or the Sabres? Bills. JJ, you're not a Buffalonian, but do you have an answer? <laughs> I, I love the Buffalo Bills, but I love hockey, and I'm a Sabres fan. Okay. Yeah. And last question, uh, Marnetta, on your chicken wings, do you prefer a drumstick or a flat? I don't eat chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, have you had a chance to have buffalo wings? I have. And your preference? A drumstick. Awesome. Thank you both so much for your time and, and all you're doing. Hey, for the community. I hope to see you at Buffalo Funk Fest this year. I'm there. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs>
I can't wait to be at the park as well. Congratulations on the groundbreaking. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you. And and just a shout out to to all the partners that have been involved. A lot of them were highlighted in the in the event last week. And we probably didn't capture everybody, um, but just look forward to the continued collaboration with the city of Buffalo and everybody that's involved. So thank you. So can I shout out you, JJ, who is very modest, (laughs) but won't even come close to words, can't even come close to conveying the hard work and dedication and love he's shown to this community in getting this park done and the friendships that were made um, creating it. So JJ, thank you. Thanks, Barnetta. Thank you. And thank you for you.